Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. You get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. You get three magazines mailed to you before they hit newsstands, including our legendary summer edition. And you get a year of access to Dave Campbell's Texan Live, our streaming service where you can watch thousands of live Texas high school events, including hundreds of live Texas high school football games. It's all part of a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscription. Get your today at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment or medications if you don't have insurance, really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Visit BeWellTexas.org. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by BCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show that doesn't believe in federal holidays. Mm-mm, no, sir. We're not into that. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you'll listen to the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good, who also doesn't believe in federal holidays. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Miss 956. She's Ashley Pickle. I believe on the federal holiday of Crudo Monday. There you go. <laughs> There's my one I'm federal holiday. Welcome. Hi, friends. I'm, I'm I welcome in. in. I don't even know what part of the show we're in. Today is Monday, September 4th, 2023. It's Labor Day. 80 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to our queen, Beyonce. Oh, nice. Queen B. Beyonce turns 42 today. Oh, wow. God, I hope I look like that when I turn 42. I don't even look like that and I'm 26, but I would love to look like that when I turn 42. Happy birthday to our queen. Happy birthday. It's episode 1,000, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, Six. 642. 1642, if you're keeping score at home. Episode 1642. On today's show, folks, big show. we got Monday morning fallout. We're going to overreact to the football weekend in all aspects of the football weekend. Then we're going to be joined by the head coach of the 2-0 Klein Oak Panthers. Coach Brandon Carpenter will join us. Talk a little Panther football down there in Klein ISD. Then back half the show, we will unveil the week three. How to think about it. Week three. Uh, Texas High School Football State Rankings by Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the official rankings provider of the Associated Press. That's coming up here on the back half of the show if you hang with us. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Daniel Agnew, Tanner Solis, and Tony Blaylock. Welcome in, fellas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. The real OGs are the ones who tune in on the, on the holidays. Mm-hmm. The real OGs. <clears throat> feeling, feeling okay? I'm ready. Me too. Pickle? Yeah. Hit the air raid siren. It's time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, 
plenty to overreact to this weekend in a jumbo-sized Monday morning fallout. We'll start with my opening thought. My opening thought are the three toughest words to say. Pickle, do you know what the three toughest words to say in the English language are? Mm, I love you. That's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> I find that easy to say. That's fair. But, no. The three toughest sorry words... sorry is only two words. That would be my actual guess. The three toughest words to say are I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't know. I say that. Well, <laughs> Well, I was, say that a lot. Well, that was perfect. <laughs> it, it takes a certain level of humility, and it takes a certain level of understanding that to, to be able to say, I don't know. And especially when you're talking in the early part of football season. We're two weeks into the Texas high school football season. We are one week at one and a UTEP game <laughs> into <laughs> week into college football season in the state of Texas. And we're anxious, we're desperate, we're pleading with ourselves to make grand declarations. We're, we want to make a grand declaration about what Colorado's win over TCU means. We want to make a grand declaration about what Texas A&M's win over New Mexico and how the offense looked. Right? We want to make grand declarations about many high school football teams, maybe with disparate results in, in two weeks, maybe with the same kind of result in two weeks. But what's, what we need to embrace is the uncertainty. We need to understand that there's just a lot of stuff we don't know so far, especially in the college football ranks. One weekend, there's teams that, like, let's, I'll take a perfect example. How much of the Texas Tech-Wyoming game did you watch? Um, all of it. All of it. Okay. Texas Tech fans are down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. Okay? They go up to Laramie. They get beaten double overtime. Okay? Cough up a 17-point lead. Do we know how good Wyoming is? Not really, no. Do we know how good Tech is? Their defense didn't tackle very well. I can didn't tell you that. There are certainly, but there's certainly there were things yeah, yeah. that we can decide on, but how that correlates to a whole, I do not know. Would it shock you, shock you, if they went out and beat Oregon this week? No. It wouldn't shock me either. No. So why don't we just embrace the fact that we don't know a ton about Texas Tech right now? Same thing goes in the high school ranks. And what I think is interesting is, are the teams that we have wildly disparate results for. Mm-hmm. Okay? Here's like, a perfect example. Go ahead. I was going to say Sock. Sock's a great example. Sock goes out there and they get bodied by Duncanville in week one mm-hmm. which we said you know we didn't put we, too much stock in that and we didn't seems think, right we didn't think that there was too much um there were we didn't think that there's a team five division two that's going to stay with them three touchdowns no then they go out there and beat Lancaster if we're being intellectually honest we need to take both of those with the same amount of relative weight mm-hmm. and say all right kind of balance each other out which also then is like okay well actually how good is duncanville like mm-hmm. as if duncanville versus lancaster would be a lot more accurate mm-hmm. of a reading mm-hmm. it's wild it's okay to say we don't know yet it's my opening thought game of the week not up for debate holy cow <laughs> we literally thought the app was wrong on friday when we were looking at this I did too, and then I went and searched it on Twitter, and I was like, oh my gosh. Liberty Hill 82, Hutto 80, uh, in a game that featured all sorts of wackiness. Um, It featured, I believe, 734 yards rushing. I'm sorry, 762 yards rushing from Liberty Hill. Remember, Liberty Hill runs a slot T. Liberty Hill did not complete a pass in this game and scored 82 points. That that stat line is exactly like when they played Sherilyn Pioneer in the uh, regional finals mm-hmm. like three years ago. Hutto quarterback Will Hammond had 803 yards of total offense and 10 touchdowns. By my calculations, that's second most in total yards in Texas high school football history behind Peyton Bevel of Stanford. Patrick Mahomes quote tweeted it because he's a Texas Tech commit. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. <laughs> it's the it's tied for the highest scoring eleven man Texas high school football game since two thousand sixteen. 
an absolutely crazy town banana pants game. I want to think about Hutto. Hutto hangs 80 and loses. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, Liberty Hill scores 82 and hangs on late. <laughs> A wild affair in Central Texas. Your game of the week, Liberty Hill 82, Hutto 80. A new segment here on Monday Morning Fallout. Am I overreacting? Pickle, am I overreacting? Well, that is the whole uh, precipice of this segment. Pickle, am I overreacting? Is Baylor going four and eight? No, they look like butt. Like all, all due Te- respect to, to Texas State, mm-hmm. Baylor looked bad. Texas State looked the part. Mm-hmm. And what I am particularly interested in about this is that this was not a fluke. Texas State was very clearly, in my mind, the better team in this game. Pretty clearly. And what I think is very, very concerning, if you are a Baylor fan, is that they were, the offense could not get it going, the defense could not give up, was given up big explosive plays, to Texas State, a Texas State team with 55 new players mm-hmm. in G.J. Kinney's first FBS head coaching game. They gave up six and a half yards per play to Texas State. I thought Blake Shapin was okay until he wasn't. And then, by the way, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And now he's out two to three weeks. And by the way, have you taken a look at Baylor's schedule? They host Utah this week, who just got done body-bagging Florida. Mm -hmm. Then they play Long Island University. That's a real thing. The Sharks. They come to town. No. (laughs) LIU. Uh Uh-huh. Then, Texas comes to town. Mm Mm-hmm. I told Mallory and I were sitting there on our couch and we were, I looked at her and I said, read me Baylor's schedule. And so we started talking about that. And I was like, I think they're going to get bodied by Utah. And I said, where is the mental state of that team when they're going into an FCS team that they should absolutely clobber? But where, where are they at that point? What happens if they fuss around in that game? I don't see a ton of wins. I don't either. If, unless, unless that, again, let's not overreact. But that's what we do here. Baylor might be going four and eight, guys. It, that that was a very poor performance on Saturday. It's time for the dudes rock dude of the week. Just dude of the week. Hashtag dudes rock. That is not get him accurate. in whenever you've got a kid. Whenever you got a player that you think, man, that dude rocks. Your dudes rock dude of the week. Your hashtag dudes rock dude of the week is Lockhart running back Nathaniel uh, Gonzalez. He ran thirty-seven times for two hundred and eighty-six yards and four touchdowns. For the Lions. Lockhart running back Nathaniel Gonzalez, our hashtag dudes rock dude of the week. Time for Tepper's Play of the Week. Uh, I, I put out a call every Saturday um, on Twitter, and I ask you to please send in your plays uh, for what you think is the Texas High School Football Play of the Week. I sorted through a bunch of thank you for sending them in. Mm-hmm. There can only be one. I sifted through them all. Here is Tepper's Play of the Week. <laughs> A Marion Porter with that the world. pinball toe tap touchdown catch for the Raiders. Impressive play there. I threw. I was the one. Thanks to Wiley East Football for sending that to me. I was the one who put in the slow motion because, like, I had to watch it like four or five times. times yeah. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then, like, finally, when I slowed it down, I got to really appreciate the majesty of that mm-hmm. play by Wiley East wide receiver at Marion Porter. That's Tepper's play of the week. Quick break for a hot take. UTEP can beat Northwestern. All right. Okay. Now I know there's people who are down in the dumps about UTEP. They got wrecked by Rutgers. Week one didn't go great 
for Utah. Or week zero, I should say. Didn't go great for Utah. But they woke up against Incarnate Word and got an important win. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Northwestern stinks on ice. Yeah, they, they got wrecked by Rutgers. They're real, real bad. Okay? Obviously, there's been a lot going on there at Northwestern. What, that with the hazing scandal that's gone on, they lose twenty four to seven. Guys, it was twenty four nothing with twenty seconds left in the game. Okay, mm-hmm. this team stinks. They had two hundred and one yards of total offense against Rutgers. By the way, go Rutgers. Yes, against Rutgers, and now UTEP goes to Evanston to play. Northwestern, and I got to be honest, I think they can beat Northwestern. I, I'd be interested in seeing. Let me see if I can find an early line on this. Um, Utah's a one and a half point favorite, and you know what? That rules. Sounds about right. Here's your quick break for a hot take. It's our huh of the week. A result that makes you go, huh? Yeah. Houston Lamar forty-five, the Woodlands twenty-one. So the first week of the year, again, this is this goes into the just things we don't know category. First week of the year, North Shore goes out there and they beat the Woodlands soundly, and we go, okay, hey, nice win for against a state ranked Woodlands team. The next week, Houston Lamar takes their turn on the Woodlands, and they clobber them. This game was thirty five seven at half. This game was a butt kicking. Now part of this, I think. Is Houston Lamar's pretty good. I think this is a pretty darn good Houston Lamar team. They got a big game from running back Justin Howard. Their quarterback, Jordan Reeves, takes care of the football. Their defense is always very good under Tom Nolan. This team can ball. But for the Woodlands, that is now two games, and they've been outscored 83-38. to Yeah, that's... For a team that started the year ranked. Mm-hmm. That is your... Huh, of the week. Your wild stat of the week went into the depths for this one. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. I tweeted this. Houston Scarborough, they of the third longest all-time Texas high school football losing streak. It was like from 2015 to 2020 or something like that. They lost 58 games in a row. They are 2-0. How about that? They are 2-0 for the first time since... 2001. What were you doing in 2001? Uh, being four years old, five new, years old. New coach Darius Lewis, who's the defensive coordinator at Lamarck, doing the dang thing. Awesome. They've already topped their win total from last year, and they went one and nine. Houston Scarborough is 2 and 0 for the first time since 2001. But that's not all, Pickle. The Allen Eagles. You remember them? Kyler Murray's alma mater. Oh, yeah. One of five state championships. They have that big football stadium, Got huh? a big football stadium. Okay, that's the one. They get beat by Sheldon C.E. King. Mm-hmm. They're 0-2 for the first time since 1997. Yeah, right, that's the GOAT year. So for the first time in how old are you? 26 years. First time in 26 years, Allen is 0-2. That's crazy. There's your wild stat of the week. It's time... For the Matt Step, he's got that dog in him, Player of the Week. And here and now, is Matt Step. The Matt Step. He got that dog in him. Player of the Week. This is Matt Step of Dave Campbell's Texas football in front of Cypher FCU Stadium. And the winner of the Week 2, Matt Step, he got that dog in him award winner, is none other than Bridgeland wide receiver Oscar Nana. Oscar had two touchdown receptions, including the game-winning touchdown in overtime tonight in Bridgeland's 41-35 win over Katie Tompkins, and he also returned a kickoff 89 yards for a touchdown. Congratulations, Oscar. You, sir, have got that dog in you. This has been the Matt Steppe Got That Dog in Him Player of the Week. Congratulations, Oscar Nana of Bridgeland. This week's recipient of the Matt Step, he's got that dog in him player of the week. Nothing makes me laugh harder than congratulations. You, sir, have that dog in you. <laughs> congratulations. Speaking of you have my attention, you have my attention, Malakoff. This was, 
I'm sitting in the studio mm-hmm. and I read it out loud and Ish says, what? <laughs> so Malakoff and Grandview played for, as we've joked, the 7,000th time in the last four years. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, the one common thread about this series has been in the regular season, Grandview beats Malakoff. Mm-hmm. They're undefeated in the regular season against the Zebras. Or I'm sorry, against the Tigers. And I think we looked at last week, the week one rather, and said, oh, they went to West, or they, they took on West Rusk, and this is a West Rusk team that's losing a lot. They're, they're you know, they're they're rebuilding, they're reloading, they're, they're kind of changing the way they do things at West Rusk. They went 56-14, Malakoff does, and you go, okay, great win, but like, let's see, let's get another data point. Well, the other data point is a 51-21 drubbing on the road at Grandview of the Zebras. Insane. And they looked terrific. Pickle, they ran for 332 yards. They averaged nine and a half yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Jerry and Hall was the real playmaker for them, but Mike Jones, who? Mike Jones was excellent in this game. Bubba Hicks was a good player, was really strong as well. And their defense played fantastic. Malakoff, you have my attention. Get excited for Midland Legacy and Abilene. Matchup this. of unbeatens. Uh, Abilene's already got a win over Permian in week one. And then last week in the Crosstown Showdown against Abilene Cooper, they took care of their business. Midland Legacy is 2-0. Coming off of a really nice win over Amarillo Tascosa last week. Uh, This is going to be a real battle. And I think for Abilene, right now, we just did You Have My Attention. I'm almost there with Abilene. They beat Midland Legacy. Good 6A team. State-ranked 6A team. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in seeing what happens when Midland Legacy travels to Shotwell Stadium to take on Abilene. Finally, Pickle, a final thought. Here on Monday Morning Fallout. College football's pace of play problem persists. Pace of play problem persists. It's a lot of peace. We've talked about this on this show. We've had multiple segments about how I think college football has a pace of play problem. Mm-hmm. Games are lasting four hours. Games are too long. They're very long. They're very long. Especially when you go, the getting there, the Absolutely. parking, that if you're going to tailgate, even if you don't tailgate. And so there's been talk, remember in the off season they did a, um, they had um, the, the rule changes as far as when the clock stops, things like that, to speed game, things up. Right now, on average, teams are running about two and a half fewer plays per game, Okay. About two and a half per game. So there's five fewer plays per game because the you can chalk that up to the clock rules. Mm-hmm. And okay, that's probably moving in the right direction. You know, that means that, that the, the pace of play should be quickening, right? Pickle, I take you to Louisiana Tech and SMU. Mm-hmm. The game was 38-14. An entirely score. unremarkable score. Yeah. 38-14 is real average. Mm-hmm. SMU looked great. Thumbs up to the ponies. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on the ACC. We'll talk about that another time. It's real weird, but congratulations. 38-14. Pickle, that game lasted three hours and 32 minutes. Yeah. Three hours and 32 minutes. And that's just... That is above the average game length from last year. And what's crazy is, like, you look at Texas high school football that does not last that long, yeah. and they're 30-minute times. Yes. Like, you do not have a 30-minute halftime in college. They're in and out of the locker room really quick, so that's legitimate play. Yes. Absolutely. That's and, legitimately being and out what, there. And what you're seeing, I think, it goes back to television. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening here. Is Television is slowing this thing down. And look, I recognize that that pays the bills, and certainly, as somebody who has cashed paychecks from a television network i understand but we can admit that college football is a pace of play problem when games when a a real average game is three and a half hours long i would be interested to see how long do you know how long liberty hill versus huddo was oh there's oh god i would need to see when that game i just would it would be interesting to compare what a normal saturday college Mm -hmm. football game was compared to a high school game that's 80 to 82 you know like anyway that's something to keep an eye on. I will be tracking is the pace of play issue there in college football. And that is Monday Morning Fallout.
We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll be joined by the head coach of the 2-0 Klein Oak Panthers, Brandon Carpenter, but first, a word from these goods and services. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loved doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, even at home. We provide compassionate, caring support virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment if you don't have insurance, really. Welcome to Be Well Texas, we're glad you're here. Back here on Texas Football Today, the Labor Day Spectacular. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. We are pleased to be joined by the head coach of the 2-0 Klein Oak Panthers, Coach Brandon Carpenter. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, Seth. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are things in H-Town? Man, they're they're great today. The weather's great. My wife and two younger daughters are on their way back from Lubbock. This is my oldest daughter, who's a student there at Tech. And uh, I'm doing some real OG stuff like house cleaning, laundry, going to go pick up some groceries later. Man, it's a great day. Man, that is – let me tell you, I, I hope your wife is listening to this. I really do <laughs> because I you deserve the brownie points that you're going for right now. Um, Coach, you guys are 2-0, uh, a resounding 35-6 to win last Thursday over Katie Cinco Ranch. Um, this has been a red-hot start for your Panthers to start the season, uh, outscoring your first two opponents 77-13. to Is this – did you have an inkling that you guys had an opportunity to make a statement early on this season? Man, I thought we had a chance to be a, a much-improved football team. Um, but, you know, the, the evaluation piece for me is we're – we still have a lot to clean up, and, and, and I think we can play a lot better, but at the same time – um, I'm not going to overlook, you know, early success and, and, and the things we've done right to, to be in this position. So uh, it feels great, but we still got a lot of work to do to, to get to our finished product. I think the, the, a real great embodiment and kind of encapsulation of, of the improvement you guys have made is on the defensive side. Just just go apples to apples with last year's start. You guys started 2-0 last year, uh, but you beat those same two opponents, Spring Decaney and Cinco Ranch, by – you know, be gave up 60 points in those games. The, these first two games, you guys have given up 13. What has been the difference on the defensive side for you guys so far this year? Uh, it definitely starts with our defensive coordinator, Zach Kelly. Um, Zach was uh, on my defensive staff uh, in my first head coaching stop back at Tarkington. And um, I knew at that point, you know, he was a, an unbelievable young coach with a bright future and always thought if I ever got a chance to be a head coach again, he would definitely be a guy that um, I would want on my staff. Uh, so I had that opportunity to bring him on board, and he stepped in, you know, as our defensive coordinator last year. Um, 
we, we kind of switched schemes in the middle of the district season uh, to something that was really more uh, his wheelhouse, what he was really comfortable with. We kind of retained the scheme we had been playing for a long time uh, just because that's what our kids were most comfortable with. But we ended up having some injury situations, and everybody does. I mean, I, I don't want to make that to sound like an excuse, but it was a reality for us that we lost some really, really good players um, and, and we're forced to kind of play some really young guys earlier than we wanted to. Uh, so I think it was just a culmination of, of a lot of new faces, um, kind of a, you know, a, a adjusting the script, the, um, the scheme mid season. And, um, you know, the, the, the kids played hard. I thought we coached hard, but I think you're starting to see now, uh, the real rendition of, of, of what it should look like when our kids are comfortable with the scheme and, and they're, you know, have a year of experience under their belt for some of those guys and um, just playing really hard. And, and that, that's the big key. Just play hard. And our guys are doing that right now. You mentioned uh, last year some injuries that you guys had. And, and, and with those injuries, you had a number of youngsters. Um, you had four sophomores starting on either side of the ball last year it's at, at one point or another. Um, have you seen, do you feel like you've seen that growth from those players that you can tie directly to, let's call them the lumps that they took in 2022? No, no question. No question. To me, uh, you know, it, 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 our defensive line, we've got three guys uh, on our defensive line, two that start, one that rotates in quite a bit, and uh, two of those guys were – ended up playing a, a lot of high volume last year's sophomores. Those guys are playing great. Um, and then, then our two corners, um, we've got a kid named Cortland Guillory, who is a, a big, long corner. Everybody that comes to practice, you know, loves him. I think he's, he's about to pop and be a multi-offer big time guy. Um, and because he's, he's so long and pretty, they keep picking on the other junior kid named Casey Vitito. And uh, KC has responded with an amazing start to the season. You know, he, against DeCaney, when he was matched up against one of the top receivers in the state, uh, he gave up no receptions, three PBUs, and had a pick. Um, so I just think, you know, having that year under their belts, kind of get see what it was like, uh, really kind of helped them feed into the offseason of what they knew they needed to improve on. And, and you're seeing all those younger guys just play with a lot of confidence and a lot of freedom right now talking with Brandon Carpenter, the head coach of the Klein Oak Panthers here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, I want to talk uh, about a couple of players individually. You know, Most notably, I've been very impressed by what we've seen from uh, your quarterback Lucas Shearhorn. This is a guy who um, it feels like has started to grow into that role and and had a really nice game this past week uh, against uh, in, in your win over Cinco Ranch. Uh, you know, threw for 176 yards in a pair of scores, ran for 77 yards in a touchdown. The numbers are impressive. Uh, what is it about Lucas Shearhorn that that sets him apart that makes him special? He's a Klein Oak man. He is a he is a consummate leader. Um, he's going to always get extra work. He's a great student. Uh, he's very well liked by by his teammates and his coaches. I mean, he's just kind of what epitomizes what you need in that position. Um, he's athletic enough. He can make plays with his legs. Uh, his accuracy has been really good. In fact, his numbers are probably a little misleading in the accuracy department because he, he, part of his growth as a player was learning when to throw the ball away. You know, if there's one thing last year, you know, being an athletic kid, he just – wanting to make that play even when things were breaking down. And at times, you know, we took some losses in some situations where he could have thrown the ball away. Uh, and he's done that a little bit this year and kind of, you know, it hurts his completion percentage a little bit. But for me, I see a, a huge growth in his willingness to understand situational football and it's okay to throw it out of bounds uh, and live to play another day. But uh, Lucas is just, I mean, he's in total command of our offense right now. It's like having another coach on the field. Uh, what he sees and how he's able to communicate those things on the sideline with the offensive staff and myself is just making a huge difference for us. Uh, the other guy I want to ask you about is your running back, Jacob Everson. This is a guy who, uh, as a sophomore, was call him a rotational back, a guy who who got yeah. his got his his touches, but you know certainly just a member of what was a, a pretty rotational backfield back there. Now, kind of seems like there's no doubt he's he's the bell cow guy. Have you seen him grow into that new role where he is going to be really the feature back for the Panthers? Oh, absolutely. We really knew last year, you know, again, it was due to injury. We kind of had to bring Jake up. We had two really talented senior backs, both like you said, those guys we felt like could do anything we needed of them. So it was a great rotation. 
when one, you know, the starter had a high ankle sprain and then we lost the, the, the backup, um, in a, uh, with, with a broken collarbone to, um, Klein Collins in our first district game. So it kind of forced our hand to bring Jacob up probably a little sooner than we wanted to. Um, but once he really got acclimated to what it was like to play on Friday night, uh, his, he scored six touchdowns and his average distance of touchdown score was 44 yards. So mm. we knew he was a, an explosive player. Um, and you know, he's six one, two hundred eighteen 218 pounds. And you're starting to see now what, you know, feeding him the ball, he's just able to wear people down because of his size and power. And, uh, you know, he's averaging 5.9 yards per rush. He's got three touchdowns this year. He's our wildcat guy. You know, anybody who watches film or sees his play, there's times you're going to see a snap it right to him and let him go. Uh, but no, and again, you talk about he's an honor roll student, one of the brightest kids at Klein Oak. Um, just unbelievable work ethic. Just another great example uh, of kids in our program. Uh, Coach, normally I'd ask you about you know your next opponent coming this week, but your next opponent, I'm looking here in my notes, is uh, is an open date. Um, yes, sir. You got the you got the week three the week three buy the week three open date. How do you approach that situation? You played two games. Now you get the open date before you hit a, a, a real big game in two weeks against against Dickinson before you get into district play. How do you how do you approach this week and make sure you get done what you need to get done? You know that's a great question because honestly, I you know early in my coaching career, I was never really a big fan of an early break. Mm-hmm. I felt like hey, you get going, you get your feet under you, you get some momentum. Um, you know, you know, why take a week off? Let's let's have a week later on. And of course, we don't really get to determine a lot of that. Some of that depends on our district schedule and how many teams we have, et cetera. But uh, I've really kind of flipped my mind on that, and and I'm really looking at it as an opportunity for us to really focus on these last two games, the the mistakes that we've made that um, have have limited some of our production. And uh, a great opportunity to clean those things up and get really sharp at those before we hit what is a really tough slate uh, of opponents. So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at with it mentally. I'm actually sitting here uh, working on the practice script right now for this upcoming week. So uh, that's a great question. And um, that's just kind of my approach and how I'm looking at it right now. He's Brandon Carpenter. He's the head coach of the 2-0 Klein Oak Panthers. Coach, we sure appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the 2-0 start. And uh, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your open date. And then go get Dickinson in a week. Hey, I appreciate everything you guys do for, for high school football, man. It, you guys are the best. And I, I, I'm honored to be on here. Thank you so much, Deb. Appreciate you, Coach. There he goes. Brandon Carpenter, head coach of the Klein Oak Panthers. Off to a 2-0 start and a dominant 2-0 start. They have mm-hmm. throttled their first two opponents. And I I, I, I draw those straight lines. And, and I don't think, to be clear, I don't think Cinco Ranch is as good as they were last year. I think they're still kind of growing as they are. But to, to clobber them, 35-6, um, is really impressive. Yeah. And no, it really was. I am... They... I think open date and then Dickinson and the Dickinson game is going to be a real measuring stick because that's a that's a good Dickinson team that's a that's a kind of complete Dickinson team they do that then you start talking about what the kind of damage they can do within that district 15 6a I want to say um a lot to like about this Klein Oak team they were young last year feels like they've grown and especially I'm telling you especially on that defensive side because last year the defense kind of like I, I felt, I felt like at times the defense kind of the bottom fell out of it. This year's defense looks much. This looks like defense first team, and so you want to talk about a sustainable model heading forward for Brandon Carpenter's Panthers. I'm really excited to see what they do in a couple weeks against Dickinson. We appreciate his time. We're at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Coming up here in just a moment, the exclusive reveal of the Week 3 Texas High School Football State rankings from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. But first, let's find out the nominees for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in conjunction with the Tax Act Texas Bowl, is proud to give the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award, presented by Kroger, to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each week, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. Congratulations to this week's 10 nominees. Fans, be sure to vote for the player you believe should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week at TexasFootball.com. 
Voting closes Friday at noon with the winner announced shortly after on TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Kroger and the Tax Act Texas Bowl for their continued support of Texas high school football and the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. Pickle, Dave Campbell's Texas Football has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press starting in 2019. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. Weekly rankings are revealed live right here exclusively on Texas Football Today. We've been hard at work in the lab coming up with which teams should be in the rankings this week. We're ready to unveil it, the Week 3 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press Statewide Texas High School Football Rankings. Let's go to Class 6A, where there's some major shifts in the top 10. Not in the top four. Duncanville, North Shore, DeSoto, and Westlake, still your top four. But Vandegrift, with their win over Cedar Park, into the top five. South Lake Carroll hot behind them. Humble Atascacita makes a leap from 10 to 7 with their first ever win over Katie. That drops the Tigers down to number 10 as a result. Denton Geyer's loss to Alito drops them a pair of spots from number 9 to number 11. North Crowley, Klein Collins, and Humble Summer Creek up some up a little bit into the top 15. Cibola Steel's loss to Lake Travis tumbles them four spots. Lake Travis rewarded by jumping four spots from number 12 to number 8. Pflugerville Weiss's big win over Austin LBJ vaults them into the top 20 at number 18. Alvin Shadow Creek into the top 20 as well. They're 2-0 with a win over Clear Springs. Big game this week against Bridgeland. Their, uh, Spring Westfield loses to Fort Bend Hightower. That tumbles them from number 6 to number 23, but they do hang on into the top 25. Four newcomers into the top 25 in 6A this week. Fort Bend Hightower, the aforementioned Hurricanes, beat Spring Westfield. That gets in the number 20 spot. Houston Lamar Beats the Woodlands. They are 2-0. They are up to number 21 in this rankings. uh, Bridgeland. They get a really nice win over Katie Tompkins in overtime to grab the number 22 spot. And also in the rankings, the Highland Park Scots. Defend home turf. Defend Highlander Stadium. Beat state-ranked Louisville. That's good enough to vault them into the number 24 spot in the 6A rankings. To 5A we go. 5A, a little bit of movement here as we have a number of teams moving in, moving out. Lancaster tumbles out of the top 10 with their loss to South Oak Cliff. That moves everybody up a spot. Longview, Timberview, Port Arthur Memorial, Fullshire, Frisco, Reedy, Denton Ryan, and Smithson Valley. PSJA North stays the same there at number 10. But new to the 5A Division I rankings, the Abilene Eagles, who make short work of Abilene Cooper in the Crosstown Showdown. They make their debut in the top 10 at number 9. Over to 5A Division II we go, where much more chalky, top eight unchanged, all winners this week, including Melissa's emphatic win over China Spring. Goodness gracious. South Oak Cliff's big win over Lancaster as well. That keeps the top ten, top eight all, all the same, including number eight, Texas High, who beats Tex, uh, beats Colleyville Heritage 41-38. Impressive stuff. There are two newcomers to the rankings. Number nine, the Port Natures Groves Indians back into the top 10 with a win over Beaumont United. And number 10, the Liberty Hill Panthers back into the top 10 with their wild 82-80 to win over Hutto. There's your 5A rankings. To 4A we go, where 4A Division I has a new number one. China Spring tumbles from the number one spot with their 30-point loss to Melissa. That is a 5A Division II over a 4A Division one, so we don't want to go too crazy, but certainly 30 points is significant enough to drop them to number three. Up to number one, the Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs, the new number one team in 4A Division one. Anna, the Coyotes, big winners over Aubrey. They vault up to number two. Kilgore gets a really important gutty win, last second win over Gilmore to move up from number nine to number seven. Uh, also, Brownwood, uh, Brownwood up uh, into makes their debut in the rankings with a win over Marble Falls. They are number eight, number nine. Lubbock Estacado into the rankings for the first time. Nice win for the Matadors over Dumas and making their debut down there in South Texas. The Somerset Bulldogs get a win over San Antonio Central Catholic to move to two and zero. That vaults them into the top ten for the first time. For a Division Two, much chalkier. Top nine, all unchanged, all winners. Most impressively was probably Waco Conley's win over Waco La Vega, as well as Cuero's win over Geronimo Navarro. Keep an eye on Wimberley as well. Nice win over San Antonio Piper. The only newcomer is at number 10, the Graham Steers make their debut at the, at the top 10 in 4A Division Two to move to 2-0 with a 36-15 win over Springtown. 
to 3A we go. 3A Division One top six all unchanged, but there is some churn at the bottom. Winsboro up a couple spots with their win over Canton. Paradise up to number eight with their win over Munster. And two newcomers to the state rankings. Number nine, Jim Ned takes down Holiday 40-32. to That vaults him up to number nine. And how about the Yoakum Bulldogs? Now state ranked with a 41-20 win over Cameron Yo. The Bulldogs are now 2-0 and and the number 10 team in 3A Division One. To 3A Division Two we go. The top seven remain unchanged, but a little bit of movement at the bottom. Dangerfield up two spots with their win over, or up a spot with their win over Tatum. They're up to number eight. Comanche up a, up a spot with their win over Banks. And new to the rankings for the first time. How about the Tigers of Troop? Big winners over Price Carlisle, 52 to 15. That's good enough to earn them the number 10 spot in 3A Division Two. To 2A we go. We got a couple messes to talk about here. Yeah. <laughs> 2A Division One. Okay, so it's the same 10 teams, but we had to do some shuffling here. Centerville's win over Crawford vaults them up two spots to number four. Crawford's loss to Centerville drops them two spots from number seven to number nine. As a result, Stratford, with their nice win over Sunray, moves up a couple, moves up a spot. Beckville's win over Joaquin moves them up a spot. Cooper, uh, Cooper, rather, they lose to Hooks 26-19. That drops them a pair of spots from number four to number six. Everything else is the same. Holly beats Lubbock Roosevelt 14-6. to That's good enough to stay at number five for now. Top three unchanged, though. Timpson, Refurio, and Toller, your top three in 2A Division One. We've reached a weird point in the 2A Division Two rankings. This is the one that we debated the most because... They are the smallest 11-man classification, and as a result, they punch up a lot. So it's hard to know what to deal with, what to do with these things. We did have two teams fall out of the rankings. Number five, Bremont falls out of the rankings with their loss, and number uh, and and uh, and the, the number eight team in the, in the rankings also drops out. But there is some movement elsewhere. Collinsville uh, moves up a pair of spots. Wellington loses to Lubbock Christian, as you'll see in a moment. That's a state-ranked private school. We drop them one spot from number four to number five. Chilton up a spot with their win over Italy. Fall City and Poth at the bottom of the rankings both lose, but we decided to keep them ranked. Fall City lost uh, to Poth. That is a state finalist in 3A from a year ago. As a result, we want to give them a little bit of forgiveness in that one. We keep them the same at number nine. Furthermore, there just weren't any teams that were that, uh, not enough teams, in my opinion, that did enough to vault them. Same goes with Sunray. Sunray goes on the road to Stratford and loses a last second, loses in the last couple minutes uh, to the Elks, a 2A Division One state ranked team. As you see, the number seven team in 2A Division One. We decide to hang them on there at number ten. That feels about right for us. There are two new entries to the rankings at number seven. The Wink Wildcats are two zero with their win over Ozona. And at number eight, the uh, Granger is into the rankings. The Lions get a win over Thorndale, 38-7 to move to 2-0. They are now state-ranked. To the six-man ranks we go. 1A Division One. Gordon and Abbott hold on to their spots there at the top. Jonesboro loses to Westbrook. That vaults them, that drops them down from number uh, three to number seven. Knox City moves up a spot. Westbrook, with their win over Jonesboro, has to stay behind Knox City because they lost to Knox City, but they move up to number four. Rankin up to number five. I believe we get Rankin and Westbrook this week, that which rules. is tasty stuff. May is 2-0. and They move up a spot as well. New to the rankings. Buena Vista drops out at number nine, but new to the rankings, the Wolverines of Spring Lake Earth into the rankings there with their win over Valley. They are now 2-0. and In 1A Division 2, a little bit of churn as well. Klondike loses to Jayton. That keeps Jayton at number 3 because there's really nowhere to go because both Benjamin and Oglesby were very impressive in their wins. Uh, but Cl- uh, Klondike does tumble two spots uh, to number 6. Cherokee and Newcastle each move up a spot to number 4 and number 5 respectively. Whit Harrell up a spot with their win over Crest. Rison Springs up two spots with a win over Olfen. Balmeray loses a real, real kind of head scratcher to Van Horn. They tumble from number five out of the rankings. Same with number nine, Oakwood. And new to the rankings, Rochelle in at number nine and Amherst in at number 10. The Bulldogs ranked in 1A Division Two. To the private school ranks we go. Once again, total chaos in the private school 11-man ranks. A new number one for the second straight week, St. Thomas out of Houston gets a win over Lumberton to move to 2-0. That moves him up to number one. Austin Regents moves up two, spot, or, uh, two spots to number two. Dallas Christian loses to Quachita, uh, to Wachita Christian out of Louisiana. They lose 17-14. I'm just going to be honest with you. We don't know what to do with that. Mm. It's, a, it's a really... It's a really 
interesting kind of weird result. It's a measuring stick that we don't think exists. You we know? don't like, know no. what to do with it. As a result, we drop them from number one to number three because there are because there are two teams that are undefeated that look like they deserve to be ranked ahead of them for now. But we are we are watching this space with Dallas Christian because we don't know what to make of it. Lubbock uh, Christian up a spot with their win over Wellington to number four and new to the rankings, dropping uh, replacing number two Dallas Parish Episcopal because they beat them Bel Air Episcopal rather. They are now two. 2-0 and state ranked at number five and the private school six-man ranks we have a new number one Fort Worth Covenant Classical loses to Abbott that drops them to number two and in their place the Patriots of Fort uh, Pasadena First Baptist they get a big win over Houston Emory Weiner to vault them up to the number one spot Abilene Christian up two spots to number three with their win over Hermley Baytown Christian and P- Prestonwood North crash out of the rankings with their losses but new to the rankings number four uh, Austin Hill Country they are 2-0 got a big win over San Marcos Baptist and new to the rankings number five Conroe Covenant they get a win over Houston Cristo Ray to move to 2-0 so there they are the week three Dave Campbell's Texas Football Statewide Texas High School Football Rankings. You can find all the rankings at texasfootball.com slash rankings. Weird week in some of the classifications. 2A Division II is hard to parse right now. And and we, we really debated it a lot on yeah. there just because there's a lot of different moving parts. I feel pretty good about it, but we're also like one week of results away from just doing a total makeover. Yep. For now, it's just kind of a stay of execution for a lot Especially of Especially when they start hitting in their weight classes. Like mm-hmm. that makes every, that simplifies the, the rankings one, portion. The one least. that I really can't, the one that I struggled with the most, mm-hmm. honestly, as we debated it, was Fall City losing to Poth. Because yep. Poth beat them pretty soundly, but Poth is also a three division two. It's a yep. full classification higher than them. And so I don't want to go too crazy over it. So we decided to keep them at number nine and wait for a little bit more uh, data there. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, the week three Dave Campbell's Texas Football State Rankings. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um. I believe, I think it was put out this morning that Craven, sorry, I just got done yawning. My eyes are all watering. Uh, Craven put out an, a really, really good article on um, kind of previewing and reviewing the life story of G.J. Kinney and Jeff Trailer yes. and the matchup that will be had this week when the two meet up, uh, UTSA and Texas State. But they go way, way, way back as East Texas boys, um, and it's a it's a wild story. Uh, if you do but, not know the story of G.J. Kinney and like how he came to go play for Jeff Trailer. Yeah, read the article because it is wild. It's, it's not football wild. It's life wild. It's white, life wild. Yeah. Um, but so it's really awesome. Go, go read, read that. it. Yeah, it's really good on TexasFootball.com. A lot of good stuff there on TexasFootball.com, including go read Corey Hoke's Four Downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got uh, four uh, major takeaways from what was a wild week in the small college ranks in, yeah. in uh, Texas, uh, including. Huge uh, like losses in D3. D3. Like, UMHB oh and Trinity. UMHB got like handled. Mm-hmm. And Trinity loses as well. So D3, it was a, it was a bit of a bit of a, a, a morgue there. So we will uh, we go read four downs there from uh, Corey Hope. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us on your holiday. Follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Brandon Carpenter, head coach of the 2-0 Klein Oak Panthers, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy, which I moved again. I think it was WTF. No. no. Incorrect. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.